This FPL season has definitely been go, go, go. A nonstop hustle all the time. Matches, deadlines, unexpected blank and double game weeks, on top of everything the real world has had in store. Sometimes you need a moment to turn off and hit reset. That's when you reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. For me personally, supporting Fulham during this last year has been a true roller coaster ride. Honestly, when that Adama Traore goal flew past Areola in the 92nd minute of game week 31, the only thing that saved my mental state, the only thing that calmed my nerves, was cracking open a Coors Light. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. That way, you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. And listen, everyone, summer is pretty much here. It's about to get hot in New York. An ice-cold Coors Light is such a perfect way for me to beat that summertime heat. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Hail cheaters and welcome to the Always Cheating Fantasy Premier League podcast. My name is Josh. I'm here with Brandon, who is just back from Scotland. Brandon, how are you? I I'm great. Uh, I love Scotland. I was telling you this is this is perhaps a reference that like ten people listening out there will will get. But I am to Scotland as Don Draper is to California. I just feel I feel better. I feel more myself. I feel closer right. to the human race when I'm in Scotland. <laughs> Right. You can you like you can you can use your real identity. It's it's a it's a, just a very <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you could argue that fantasy Premier League managers can always do have a dual identity, right? Like if you're listening to this podcast, you probably have a double life. You have the life at work uh where you're just a normal person and who doesn't talk about sports all the time and yeah. then you have the life that obsesses over your team, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh yeah, and in like like, you know, thanks the fantasy community for things and you know it's like it's a whole different world that like you just don't let anybody else know about and that is that's actually a perfect segue for me shouting out all the amazing fplers and always cheating listeners that i met in glasgow uh, where, when i go to scotland they they just the listeners just come out of the woodwork um so i met up with a few people i'll just uh, rattle them off sean you know him as death star fpl uh, great aussie uh, who just was, he was moved. He was so dedicated to the pod that he was moving from Glasgow to London the, the next day after meeting me. So, uh, shout out to Sean for, uh, buying me a beer at the Oren Moore bar. Uh, you also, made him pay. I feel like he went out of his way. You should have paid in that situation. Maybe we went 50, 50 on that one. I'm not okay. sure. I think, right. I think All maybe right, we'll I bought <laughs> If I didn't, Sean, we'll we'll see you in London in October. Uh, (laughs) Also, the FPL general, Mark McGettigan, had a fantastic meetup with the uh, legend that is the general. It was fantastic, too. We've had him on the podcast. Uh, We've talked to him over social media for years, and it was great to meet him in person. A really wonderful guy and a great manager. And uh, last but not least, I have to mention Terry. Terry, if you're listening, 
you're the man. You are a proper Glaswegian. And Josh, I have a, I have a message for you from Terry, major okay. Celtic fan. Uh, he's going to give you a, a Glasgow. Celtic, right? He's, see, this is exactly right. <laughs> Terry says, we're going to give you a Glasgow smile. If you don't start saying it properly, it's Celtic. And also it's not Glasgow. It's Glasgow. <laughs> Oh man, I'm never going to get this right. You, you know, there's there's a guy who just do just signed for Bournemouth that has a name that I can't even type, let alone pronounce on this podcast. I am screwed if I have to start saying Celtic and Celtic correctly. I thought it was the Boston Celtics, and then there was the Celtic football team. Is it? Oh, it's just it's no, too confusing. no. It, it, it's Celtic, and and listen, if you, everyone told me I was like, oh, should I go down to Celtic Park and check it out? And everyone's like, mm, you better not. Uh, perhaps not the best part of town. Um, so yeah, I feel like you want to get that one right, Josh. Of all the clubs around the world, you want to get Celtic right. Okay. Uh, I can say Rangers. That one's a little easier. Thank you. <laughs> same as the Texas Rangers. That one is not as complicated. Yeah. Uh, so you have been gone for, uh, I guess you've been gone for about a week. We, we kind of did two podcasts very close together um, because we knew that um, you had this vacation going on. So we had our team previews that we did. We got a great response on that. We actually... Uh, those two episodes are the two most listened to episodes of the podcast we've had since we started the podcast, um, which is a really cool feeling um, and just makes it feel like, uh, um, you know, that we're still sort of finding new people. People are still listening to the podcast. And so if you have – if you're someone out there who's been recommending the podcast to somebody um, or if you just, you know, are still listening uh, – <laughs> Uh, thank you. I don't know. Thank I was you. still listening. Like you're still listening right now. Thank you for listening. To, like, thank this you long for not intro. being repulsed by us. <laughs> so if you're just, if you just have been listening for a long time, uh, I mean, we're now into our fourth year, which is crazy. I remember when we started this podcast. Uh, so thank you for listening. Uh, thank you for anybody who has passed the podcast along or read the podcast or, or become a Patreon um, supporter. Uh, we're actually going to have a Patreon update about midway through the pod. Um, so, uh, this podcast, by the way, is, uh, if you've seen, if you're on social media, you've, yeah, I, I was talking about it a couple of, in the last couple of days. Uh, this is our 10 rules for FPL success episode. Uh, it's the third year we've done this episode. It's, uh, just like, it's a bit of advice. It's really, it's more, I, I would say like a reminder of the kind of bad mistakes that, that we all are guilty of <laughs> yeah, yeah, more yeah. than it is like real practical advice. It's like a way to laugh at all the dumb things we've all done over the years. Yeah. I, I think we could look at it one, uh, one of two ways. It's, a, it's the advice we're going to try to dispense in this podcast will be a good entry point to newer managers, but m even more so, I think it's a big gut check this episode right. to everyone right. entering the new season. Um, Try not to make the same mistakes we've done in the past, and uh, we're just going to try and all get on the same page here. Exactly. I, I was trying to think of yeah, like I, last year. Um, yeah, just I, I was like I was looking back at last year's list, and I was thinking about how like closely I followed those rules, and I was like, well, I maybe followed six, like six out of ten. I actually did. The, there were four that I just completely blew by, like they didn't exist at all. Um, and, uh, I mean, I, you know, there was a point in last season where I took a minus eight to bring in two non-playing defenders, you know, so there was, there was really some, uh, some low lights, uh, that hopefully, uh, if you take this advice, you will, you will, uh, avoid. So if anyone's wondering what tip number one is going to be, it's <laughs> tip number one, don't take a minus eight for two non-playing defenders. That's just good practical advice right there, Brandon. That's just good, <laughs> solid advice. Um, so, uh, 
one one quick bit of uh, just a, just a note. Uh, this weekend, we're really excited. We're recording a podcast with David Wardale. Uh, he, uh, I hope I pronounced that last name correctly. Uh, he's the author of a book called Wasting Your Wild Card, which is a look at uh, kind of the world of fantasy football, right? The world of the yeah. fantasy the, the, with a with real focus on the, the FPL game itself. Uh, it's profiles of managers. It's stories about the last hours of one particular Premier League season. It's uh, we're actually in it briefly ourselves, which is kind of cool. Uh, Not too you brought it with you to Scotland. You brought it with you to Scotland, right? I did. Yeah, I, I achieved one of my lo- lifelong ambitions is to take a book into an old man pub in the middle of the day and read while drinking. Uh, it's just, like <laughs> this is another thing about the UK: how drinking is just kind of baked into every activity you can do around town. That was. Uh, but yeah, I really enjoyed reading about FPL while just chilling in a Scottish pub. It was it was proper, and you are as, just, as they you would are, say. You are properly in love with Scotland. I love. I it. know. Put me on the tourist board. I'm ready. <laughs> so we'll have David on the pod uh, this weekend. And if you have any questions for us, uh, for David, uh, please uh, share those with us on social media. Or you can email us uh, hailcheaters at gmail dot com. Uh, Brandon. Uh, we have some recent FPL news. I feel like we need to run through some actual things. That have, if you're not if you're not hanging on everybody's word on social media, uh, yeah. there, there was a Guardian article that came out like three days ago, and it was um, just like an update on transfer comings and goings for each club. Yeah. And I was like, well, I forgot about thirty of these. <laughs> like, they're, they're, the you know the transfer window closes. Um, I think it's what four days before the season starts this year. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, there are already so many things that have happened. So many players who aren't back yet. Uh, you know, like players are getting injured left and right. It's it's kind of crazy. So, like, were you able to follow everything pretty closely while you were in Scotland? Well, so I was stuck in the airport on my way home the other day, and I got an ultimate download uh, update of of. Premier League news, Premier League news, whatever. Um, I must have watched the Sky Sports ticker for two hours. I saw Cameron Carter Vickers shoot the same basketball uh, about 10 different times. Uh, I watched that too. (laughs) The biggest FPL update I have is that uh, Cameron Carter Vickers can't really make a free throw. (laughs) <laughs> but yeah, I, I kind of kind of dipping in and out. I mean, one that that certainly stuck out for me was Andre Sherla uh, right. going to Fulham, which is an interesting signing for Fulham, bringing in some attacking experience for them. Still completely not sold on Fulham as an FPL side. Just uh, FPL Stag actually had an interesting post on his Twitter feed breaking down what to expect historically from the three promoted sides, like. If you're if you're the third place uh, game winning team, what's your goals scored expectation? What's your goals against expectation, and so on and so forth. And it's it's really a crapshoot. It's kind of like you're not going to be able to guarantee uh, clean sheets from a lot of these promoted sides, nor are you going to be able to guarantee goals. So how does Andre Sherla change my FPL team? Not a whole lot. He's six Carney's still 5.0. I feel like I'm definitely just looking for massive budget options from those promoted sides. Yeah. I wish I knew that, you know, I, I like uh, Borussia Dortmund um, as a, like I, I sort of root from them very, like very, I root for that club very distantly, right? Like I basically only watch them if they're in the Champions League or something. But um, I, I don't really know why his goals, like why his goal scoring fell off so much the last couple of years. I guess that's the one question. I don't know if it's a system thing or... I mean, he's not very, he's, you know, I think he's 26 years old, you know, maybe he's 27. So, so it's not it's, arthritis. 
<laughs> one would think it's not arthritis. I don't think he had any crippling injuries or anything like that. So uh, it could just be a system thing that he just didn't fit, you know, didn't fit very well there. So uh, he seems very excited to be back. It's a two-year loan deal, which is kind of interesting. So uh, I mean, he's the, the hilarious thing about not 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 to bang on about the Shula thing, but the hilarious highlight that they kept rolling out for him was he's going to Fulham. Here's the last sort of notable thing he did in the Premier League: score a hat trick at Craven Cottage for Chelsea. <laughs> that was weird. That was weird. That was strange. Like. <laughs> That's like hiring, it's like Godzilla wrecks your town and then you hire him to be the bodyguard or something, you know, it's like. <laughs> and then he um, has to work with Mafra for some strange reason. <laughs> uh, the, you know, the Richarlison news finally, finally, you know, Richarlison finally signed this week, which is uh, an interesting move. I, I mean. Was it 50 it's, it's million? A, it's just a weird one. Was it, it was a lot. Yeah. yeah. It's just an, I, I think this is an insane move. So this is. I don't know what he's you going think back about. To Mar- he's going back to Marco Silva, you know, so where this he is, had his most success. So I, I guess that's okay, right? Like the, the best football he played was when, was when Silva was still at Watford. But it all fell right. to pieces for Silva. It all fell to pieces for Charleston. I kind of wanted Silva to go make a fresh start at Everton and be the manager everyone expects him to be. But the fact that he's paying huge dollars for Richarlison to go to – Basically pushing a guy like Belasi off of the off the table. Right. For somebody I mean, like Belasi, Richardson. Belasi can't like score though. I mean he's been Belasi's like a coming off a year long injury to uh, I don't know. I think I I am like I was like a I kinda sneered at this when it first happened and I've I've actually talked myself into it so much that I actually have Richarlison in my FPL squad right now. Wow. Um, okay. I know. It's I, I just I kind of believe in the in the Silva connection. I, I I believe in Everton's fixtures. That's for sure. Um, at six point five, I mean, I feel like all of those six point five midfielders are really punty. Um, we've talked about them in earlier podcasts. Like, I just don't. I even like I, I know like you know a lot of people like really high on Yota um, at um, at Wolverhampton, Wolverhampton, but yeah, but even him. I mean, it's not like it's not like it's a done. I mean, he's never played in the Premier League. I mean, you know, it's 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 hard to know. Um, how you know, any of these guys are going to translate. So does, um, does Jota qualify as a known unknown or is he an unknown known? Uh, he's both, which is amazing. <laughs> they actually cancel, like, they cancel each other oh, out. He's, he's a, an enigma. So what you're telling me. <laughs> right, yeah, it's the, so new, true. the new player that I'm kind of excited about, I mean, I guess he's not technically new because he was a January signing, but uh, Lucas scored two goals last night for, uh, for Spurs. Yeah. And I know it's Lucas and like he, he certainly wasn't um, hugely successful last season. Um, but I mean, you know, because, you know, Sun isn't gonna be able to play for several weeks. Like, I guess there's some talk that he might play in game week one. That doesn't really make any sense to me that he would come back for one week and then leave again and come back. So I, I think he's probably not going to come back at all. So there's a pretty, in, in you know, Ali is not back yet either. Um, I, I think there's a pretty decent chance that Lucas is going to get a decent run out. And even if you only played him for two or three weeks, um, they have an opening fixture away to Newcastle, which is a team that's very much unsettled at the moment, right? Because they like somehow don't have any money um, or Mike Ashley won't spend it or whatever the deal is there. Uh, and then they play home to Fulham in game week two. Um, and I mean, there's just, it's just two very strong fixtures. Um, and he's at 7 million. I, I just think he's kind of interesting option. I, I don't have my squad right now, but I'm sort of, um, yeah. I don't know. I'm like, I might, I might jump on the Lucas bandwagon. How have you noted Lucas's two goals here, but you haven't noted Urente's two goals? 
um, which which yeah. he did score against Roma. Roma, yeah. I, I actually watched yeah. this first half, and uh, yeah. they were a bit of a shambles, Roma. They, they actually opened the scoring with a pretty nice goal, and then Spurs just um, assassinated them over the course of the next right. 30 minutes. But Arente had two very, very strikery goals, just a, just a big lumping header off of a wayward pass, and... Um, right. a, a rebound where he's in the great, uh, the right off, place. Off, the right of Lucas, off of Lucas shot. Uh, uh, okay. Your boy Lucas uh, <laughs> wasn't able to put it in the back of the net uh, <laughs> that time. He did but twice though. I'm just, if we're some people such as me, I'm trying to fit Aubameyang and Aguero up front and, mm-hmm. you know, maybe we can cover this issue in our 10 tips. I think this will factor in 6.0 though for Urente makes a nice tidy front three for the opening mm-hmm. three or four weeks. Now Kane is making all these. Um, no way is Kane going to, is, is yeah. going to take four weeks for Kane to come back though. Yeah. He'll be back by game week two or something. That guy, Kane loves to play. Okay. So uh, I'll make my first um, unnecessary proclamation for the okay. season. All right. Urente will score a goal in game week one. Okay. I like it. Okay. So that means <laughs> you're captaining Lorente in game week one. That you are I mean, so bold, I would Brandon. consider I, love, I, I would consider a cheeky are. triple captain. Cheeky <laughs> triple, triple captain. captain. <laughs> I, I, if you did, if you did that, I would. If you okay, wow. All right. You know what? If if you have Lorente in your squad in game week one, and he scores in game week one, I will rename my team the next week Triple Captain Lorente. If I can fit the characters in, if not, it might be Triple Captain Lore or something. I don't know how far I can get. That's not uh, that's not a very big prize for me. I think you should name I'll your also team give you something. one dollar. I'll give you one dollar. One American okay. dollar. All right. I um, do I'll love PayPal money. So you. Give, give me your phone number. I'll Venmo it to you. Okay. <laughs> you, might, <laughs> you might have something there. Now, now you watched some of the uh, Liverpool Man City game, right? How, and and Salah looked pretty yeah. good. Well, yeah. I mean, he didn't come on until the 60th minute. He scored, you know, within a minute of coming on. It was actually an offside goal, but the ref was like, "Ah, screw it." <laughs> it was like there was like a moment, like literally, there was a second where he was talking to the line judge, and he was like, "Eh, what the hell? Just give him a call." <laughs> uh, but it was a beautiful, it was a great headed goal. I mean, I like I love the way Salah scores headed. He and Aguero, just like the short guys who score headed goals, right? It's the best. And it's like yeah. only, you know, it's like it Santi Cazorla would very occasionally score a headed goal, and it was always amazing when he did. Um, so I, uh, I thought he looked good when he came on, uh, Mane looked pretty good as well. I, you know, it was really all, like all the heavy hitters kind of came on in the second half. Liverpool's defense, uh, did not look very good in the first half and they were, they were playing Robertson and Van Dyke. Um, but you know, whatever, it's still preseason. Um, you know, I, I'm yeah, not going to take saw, the kind of thing too seriously. I saw Van Dyke got completely roasted by Sané and, uh, yeah. he had a very tidy finish. Leroy Sané did. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, you know, there's this kind of like this ongoing Sané versus uh, Mares debate right now. I I just feel like Sané has a lot to prove this season. Um, he's got fresh legs. Uh, he knows he knows how, you know, he knows his, like, kind of his fit in that team. Um, I just feel like for the extra 0.5 million, I sort of prefer Sané to Mares. But uh, I'm, I'm going to give it that one until the, until the uh, um, charity shield, you know, give it like a little yeah. more time. I'm actually, I, I, I'm just amazed by how many people like feel like they're kind of settled with their, with their team right now. Like, I don't, I don't, I feel my, my team feels completely unsettled. I mean, I feel like I'm still, I don't know. Like I, I guess, I guess it's like, there's just like different ways to approach like game week one. Like some people just like to like yeah. d- draft and redraft and just continue to do different versions of their team. Whereas for me, I like to gather as much information as I can and then start really working on my team. Uh, yeah. I'm not—I don't know that one way is any better than the other, but 
Um, just for me personally, I, I just wouldn't feel comfortable with any team right now because I'm like, well, especially with the transfer window closing before the season starts, um, I feel like a lot. I mean, like, you know, I talk about, um, you know, someone like Lucas right now, but I mean, if Zaha joins before the window closes, then I don't want Lucas anymore. Right. Yeah. Like Zaha's going to like take over that Lucas role. They're going to, or they're going to alternate or something, you know? So, um, you know, so oh, a, let, lot of, a lot of things feel very unsettled still. Yeah. Let, let me use a really strained metaphor right now. I feel like I'm just downloading the FPL operating system. The little bar <laughs> is sort of like moving along I'm, and I'm not yet at a hundred percent. But when it, when it fully downloads, then I think I'm going to have, um, a proper game week one squad and that's not going to happen for me for another week i think you, I'm still yeah. still you secured the flash drive i yeah, uh-huh, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. i will have to yeah. reset my laptop uh, at some point as well just to <laughs> just to make sure the changes really get locked in yeah uh there's a lot of other uh recent highlights but uh, i don't know that we need to get into all of them right now i mean you can find a lot of this stuff online uh the lej move uh, that's how i'm going to say his name this year um I just am not going to even try to pronounce that. He, he's just, like a uh, a reboot of the Ali G character. Exactly. Exactly. There was a long debate with us and the Who Got the Assist guys about this uh, yesterday. Oh, uh, okay. He's a, a new a new midfielder who uh, who joined uh, joined Brighton from AZ. Of course, because he comes from the Dutch league, the Dutch he, has, league. Mm-hmm. he has the most insane numbers, right? He had like, uh-huh. you know, 75 goals and 50 assists last year or whatever. Yeah. Uh, it's just a weird time for Brighton. Like now they have two 7 million midfielders, uh, even though they finished in 15th place last year and 17th in terms of total goals. Like it, it's, I don't know. It's like their price, like they're like a more of a mid table club than a team that could have been relic. I don't know. It's just, it's kind of strange. I, I just feel like, um, I don't know that it like that they shouldn't be priced that way, but it just feels weird to like that you could pump 14 million pounds into two Brighton midfielders in your FPL squad, you know? Yeah. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not getting, I was talking about this with Sean, uh, Death Star FPL and the, the notion of the talismanic figure and Pascal Gross is that for Brighton, but I, I'm really not buying it. I know he scored a preseason goal, but it was just a, a weird, cherry pick goal uh, yeah not, not to completely slight gross he's he did no. miracles for us last season but i'm just seven a million it, it doesn't make sense to me i'm not feeling all this love for brighton right now i don't know that i am either uh, you, you know Their fixtures a, are terrible as well we did, we did a patreon podcast with or i did a patreon podcast while you were gone with fpl stag and he he's really high on gross and i, I know that john t from fpl scout is too and so I, there are people who's opinions i respect who who are high enough on gross that i don't want to dismiss him entirely right like i think that like one thing we'll get to in a minute when we get to these 10 tips and we'll be 40 minutes in the podcast where we actually get to them but um one thing is kind of letting your biases go like a new season new start and it's like in my head brighton midfielder should cost 5.5 so i don't want to have gross but maybe i have to just change that thinking and look at his actual performance look at his you know, look at how much he's on the like how, how much he's on set pieces. A good chance he's on goals. This uh, he's on um, penalties this year. So um, I'm still not saying I'm going to have my team, but I do want to at least be open to that possibility. Okay, that's very big of you, Josh. It's I applaud that. Changing, yeah. <laughs> All right. So should we should we get it? Oh, uh, before we get into it, Brandon, uh, we have our first shout out of the season. Uh, if you are a Patreon pledger at a certain level, you get two shout outs or trash talk moments. Uh, each season on the podcast. Our first one of this season comes from Jacob Roberts, who says, I want it to be known, Brandon, 
He doesn't say Brandon, but I'm adding that. that you better re- read this. Jacob paid for this, so you need to read this <laughs> verbatim. Jacob Roberts says, I want it to be known that Lamella will score at least 150 FPL points this season. This is his year. Uh, uh, okay. Um, so 150 points would definitely put him over Ben Davies' tally last year for Spurs. Mm-hmm. So it's yep. not bad. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and it, Lamella finished on 55 points last season. And, you know, he probably played triple, like triple 60 tall. minutes. <laughs> exactly. Pascal, um, Pascal Gross finished on 164 last season with seven goals and eight assists. So okay. it's a, a Pascal Gross level season. I could see it happening. Lamella is the perennial FPL dark horse. Yeah. So provided his his uh, pelvis doesn't explode between now and game week five, maybe he yeah. has a chance. We'll see what Spurs do. You know, they're they're being very Spurs with the transfer window. Sort of, they they like to kind of take it down to the wire a little bit. I mean, I love the early transfer window. Um, I, I, I it was never fun to do these podcasts when you had to make all these picks and then thirty five new players joined, like you know, in game week three or whatever, and you had to. I think it just as a fantasy manager, it's just going to be satisfying. You know, I mean, we won't know what all the lineups are because a lot of these players are going to join like three days before the season starts. But at least we'll yeah. at least we'll know who the players are and we can start researching them and, and you know, um, you know, trying to figure out where they fit. Ooh, I love research. <laughs> I do, too. Uh, all right, Brennan, should we get into the podcast? Yeah, let's do it. Let's take a quick break and we'll come back and start uh, start off with our first five tips for FPL success. Total All of right. ten. <laughs> All right, let's do it. Same old podcast, always Brandon, we're back. We have ten tips for FPL success. What we've done is uh, we, we sort of crowdsourced this. We, we you know we've, we've done this podcast a couple of years. And we wanted to you know freshen things up a little bit this year, and so we asked our, our patrons on the Always Cheating Slack. We asked uh, uh, you know, friends of ours on social media, a um, lot of veteran FPL managers, some of whom are, you know, have really ridiculously good. ridiculously good finishes. Yeah. Um, and uh, we've, we've sort of compiled them into 10 different uh, tips or even maybe more like almost more like pitfalls to avoid. You know, I, it's almost more what this is, I would say, is, you know, yeah. mistakes that you should try not to make. Absolutely. So the, the podcast, if I could if I could remind you of the great video game Pitfall, Josh, for the Atari. Right. And this this podcast is the vine that you need to jump and grab to swing over the, <laughs> the pit, the pit in the ground. I like that. I was also going to add that I think there's a, there's a quote that I, I will not remember all the exactly how it's worded, but it's from Johan Cruyff and it's about um, mistakes. And he says that, you know, football is a game of mistakes. Uh, the team that makes the fewest mistakes loses. And I think that actually really is true for uh, for for an FPL manager as well. Um, and I think a lot of the advice we have in here is about being slightly more conservative um, and avoiding making catastrophic errors or just errors that cost you, you know, points you're going to end up needing later on in the season, you know, when you're like four points back in your mini league. Um, so anyway, let's get right into it. The first, uh, first piece of advice um, actually comes from Axel Rose himself. Uh, front man of, of Guns N' Roses and, uh, and oh, lots he, of other He played bands. with Johan Cruyff at some point, didn't he? <laughs> he, he did. On stage, actually. With, uh, he was Johan Cruyff, uh, Buckethead, and Axl Rose. All did a show together. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the advice from Axl Rose is, uh, all you need is just a little patience. And uh, I am not a very patient FPL manager. Are you, are you patient? I think you're more patient than I am. 
I am, yeah. And sometimes I think I'm a little too patient. So I'm interested to to see where our um, where our folks take this conversation about patience because I have been guilty of knowing what the move is and I always wait for a little bit more info I always wait for one more game week and I've been burned on that Mo Salah and Raheem Sterling burned me in a major way last season I was too too slow but I don't know if that's if that's necessarily patience or just ignorance You know, it's interesting the way you said that, Brandon, because that that's that is patience based around bringing in players. And I think some of the patients they're talking about here, we have a couple examples from um, uh, from listeners uh, are about being patient with your own team once you've said it. Yeah. You know, okay. and so it's like so maybe that is where you want to be more patient is like in the actual, you know, you put in all this work before the season starts or on your wild card or just sort of, you know, you're just planning ahead with your moves. Um, and that's the time to keep, to be patient. And maybe it's, it's being bore, being bold with the transfers and then patient once you brought the player in. Yeah. It's, it's those players like Erickson, uh, Christian Erickson and Kevin De Bruyne, who right. are steady eddies. They right. don't have as flashy weeks as, as the Agueros and the Canes, but they consistently finish in the top three, uh, midfielders, top, you know, top 10 point scores. And if you just stick yeah, Aspie as well, just uh, just accruing bonus point after bonus point. Sometimes it's not sexy to, sexy to keep these guys through these these stretches of time, and you get itchy, you want to get rid of them. But yeah, exactly, you must be patient and stick with them. That so that was probably the better story of of my team last season is I did stick with De Bruyne to the point where he actually became a differential for my team, like around right. game week ten. Yeah, so, I think it really helped you last season. Yeah. Uh, Eric Medbo has an interesting anecdote here just to kick things off. Preaching to the choir here, Eric says, but here's my story. The week after I subbed out Sun last year, game week 28 or so, after getting a steady two pointers for five matches, he scored 18. So uh, we all have these stories, right? Like we, and you, you kind of know, you have this gut feeling, well, as soon as I get rid of this guy, he's going to go off. Uh, Eric also adds, he says that the weeks when you manage to save up a transfer are crucial and important. Uh, he says you can't just live off one transfer every week. Two transfers also you restructure and really change things a bit and gives you many more options. Uh, and I think that's true. I think that there's, a, there's, it's interesting how like when you, when you initially hear patients, it's like, it's it's interesting how multifaceted it is, you know, to be very nerdy <laughs> about this, mm-hmm. uh, how multifaceted that word is in the fantasy game, because there is, there's also the patience to not make a transfer just to burn a transfer, you know, which is a thing that I know that I think both of us have a problem with this. It's very hard for us to hold two transfers. Yeah, it is. But that feeling of going into a new game week with two frees, it's very much like payday, right? You feel right. like you're you're king of the neighborhood when you just got your, your paycheck from work. And that's like having two frees. Nothing <laughs> That's like when you in. walk around. I've seen this. I've gone over to your house like after like on a Friday and you're – you're like you're shirtless. You've got the car up on blocks, and you're, yeah. you're working at it. You know, on the lawn. Yeah, just handing out five dollar bills to uh, to people walking <laughs> by and saying, kids. "Hey, spend yeah. it on whatever you want." I've got two free transfers. It's all good. Yeah, throwing dice in the in the alley. It's you. You have fun <laughs> on Fridays. Peg a peg of cigarettes rolled yeah. up in my shirt sleeve. <laughs> Hang out with Brendan on Fridays, people. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, uh, I, I think that, yeah, that's, that's definitely good advice. Uh, yeah, Jeff Petter, we have a couple just sort of short points here. Jeff Petter says, uh, patience, patience, and then add some patience and stir in a little patience. 
Uh, Rob's has an awesome FML, uh, FPL team. Uh, doesn't turn into a bad one just because of one bad game week. And I know some of this is remedial, but, you know, it really is uh, so hard to keep that in mind. You know, once the season starts, it's like it's like it's like I have like a psychotic break or something once the season <laughs> starts. You know, like I, I think about this kind of stuff and then everything gets going and it's like there's like a worrying sound in my head and I like forget to be patient with my own team. You know? Yeah, it's just like I, Totally. Yeah. I, I I do want to underscore Rob's point here that that we we go crazy uh, with one bad game week from a player like just because they're expensive and they, we're actually going to talk a little bit about um, great players and, and what performance to expect from them. But we're talking about it, all the great players, Eusebio. Uh, we're going to talk about just, Socrates. just some of the one. We, Socrates. We've already talked about Cryf. It's uh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, FPL Padful has our last point on patience. Don't give up. He says part of the skill in playing the game is managing to stay active for the entire season. You can recover from bad starts and dodgy game weeks if you stick with it. As they always say, it's a marathon, not a sprint. Petful actually went on to make another point about how if you just stick with it, even if you have some bad weeks, you'll still crush everyone in your work mini league because <laughs> half those people are just right. going to give up anyway. Yeah, but that's, we yeah. we all have our biggest leap in overall rank in the last uh, like eight to ten weeks of the season, right? Because oh, at totally. that, there, yeah. there is a point in which everyone just falls off a cliff who 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 isn't an insane <laughs> FPL nerd like we are. Yeah, I think pretty much. Uh, uh, by the by, game week thirty eight, like the league is basically just people who are listening to this podcast. Like, there's about, you know, it's it's like it, we're down to that number. Uh, by the uh-huh. by, you know, it's it's like a, a hundred percent. The, the like Venn diagram of people who are playing FPL and people who listen to this podcast, it's just two circles on top of each other because <laughs> we're the only people still still paying attention. Um, there is a counterpoint here from Daniel B. He says, uh, I'll go against the flow and say, don't be too patient. He says, I lost too many points last season looking at my team and thinking, that's a great, great squad there. Uh, and as the weeks went, kept going by, the points didn't come. He says, be ready to drop the guy you think is awesome but isn't returning, knowing you can always get him back if he hits form. So what do you think about that? Yeah, uh, you know, it's the offhanded cliche remark that uh, I'm fond of saying, kill your darlings. and. Right. um Going back you to my Kate, that, right? Yeah, I, I was the first to say it. I think you know, uh, <laughs> it's it's weird that that saying is so well known, and it was first said on a fantasy Premier League podcast. But there <laughs> it's you go, they like, took <laughs> off. Yeah, but going back to my KDB point, um, he saved my season at points. But I think one of the best moves with KDB that I had was he was one of the few bigger players that I dropped and picked up always at the right time. And, uh, there are, there are, there are, there's distance to be gained on your competitors. If you exercise strategy in terms of, or or I did, I did this was lots on a couple seasons ago, just ruthlessly axing him one week and bringing him in the next week. And if, and if you hit that right, and that's really kind of asking a lot, but if you hit that right, it's almost a kind of because I feel like this patience thing is really about looking at the season through a longer lens, right? And so if you do something like that, like you drop, I, I think it was, you know, I think you maybe did, yeah, I remember you doing this a lot. I think you might have done it with Lukaku at one point too, a couple of seasons ago, where you know sometimes you you drop someone and you kind of like within a week realize you've made a mistake, you know, and it's very hard not to be stubborn and sort of n- not want to walk that move back. You know, yeah. uh, but sometimes if you're looking at the game through a longer lens, you got to say, you know what, I just 
I know my, you know, I know that he's the right player. My instincts told me for the first 18 weeks that he was the right player just because I got frustrated and dropped him or he had like a minor injury that turned out not to be that bad. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and bring him. I'm just going to, you know, I'm just going to make the move and bring him back in. Um, I think that's, I feel like that is a move that doesn't hurt mm -hmm. you usually. Yeah. I think that's a great way of putting it. That is probably the thing that's going to afflict, afflict most of us most often during the season is, is that case. Exactly. There's no shame in bringing these players back. Don't you backsliding is not okay. Like if you break up with your, with your partner because it's not working out the backslide, sometimes it's not good for anybody. The FPL to home, Brandon, the the FPL backslide. (laughs) It's good. You know, it's good for everybody. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, All right. Question or piece of advice. Number two is play your game. So play your style, but be willing to face the consequences. Okay. So uh, here's my little like subtitle here. Uh, which is being different is fun, but winning is really fun. Um, and that a good, a good rule of thumb is to be 10 to 20% more conservative than you want to be. Um, someone said this last year, like halfway through the season when I was having, when things were starting to go off the rail for me a little bit. And I was talking about, I was looking at differential. Anybody who who's kind of new to the fantasy world, a differential is basically just a player who, uh, his ownership percentage is low. Um, it's not a term you'd really be familiar with if you play the draft game because it's not really a thing there. Um, but it's you know it's a player whose ownership percentage is low, and um, you can pick, you, you, the idea is that you're going to pick him up and he's going to get on fire and you're going to make up a lot of ground, right? Um, but you know, someone said, well, just 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 get the good players because having players who do well uh, is fun because then you score points and you're doing well <laughs> and and being good is fun, you know. And I was like, God, yeah. why don't I think? It's like why is the only version of fun that I have in my head right now the idea of being better. <laughs> than other yeah. managers by being more clever you know it's yeah. like it's a real I, like trap that i fall into yes i was actually telling an, a story exactly like this uh when i was uh meeting up with the fpl general there in scotland and we were talking about jamie vardy and i was recounting this time where uh you were a little slow to get on the jamie vardy bandwagon when he was uh on his goal scoring streak the leicester league right. winning season and uh it was at it was the first game in which he scored a goal when you had him on your FPL side and you texted me and you're like, is this what it feels like to have Jamie Vardy? It's amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, I knew it was because you were stubborn. You're like, well, I'm waiting for the streak to end. Uh, I'm right. going to resist. And you, you just decided to bring him in. And it was fun. It was fun having right. the, the guy that everyone else had. There was, yeah, this is actually a thing. That was the season after I had had my best finish ever. And this is not one of our points on here, but I, I will say if you have had a really good season, uh, you should be on guard for the next season because I have the, my, my two best seasons. I, that The season before the Vardy season, I finished, I think it was 1530 overall. Um, great finish. And I was like, I'm going to build on this. Like I, I am like an ex, like I am, I'm one of the best managers out there. I'm, I'm going to, you know, make in the hall of fame. Um, you're going to have to get number just, one and win that trip yeah, to space camp. Exactly. And I was like, I'm going to do it my way, you know? And it was like, I just, I disrespected the game. You know, it was like, <laughs> I honestly, I really feel like that. I feel like I just, I was like, I don't need to play the way everybody else is playing anymore. And I, uh-huh. I just feel like that has got to be a thing that other managers have fallen prey to as well. So, um, I don't know, just something to watch out for. Yeah. Magnus Ophim says, it's a game of probability. Pick the players most likely to score points. It's a bit basic, but I forget all the time. Trying to go for 11 differential players is like betting only on bets with very high ads. 
fun when it works, but you know, it usually doesn't. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it, if you look at what the bo- the bookies don't put odds on something just just because they're going for punts and differentials. So it, uh, it, it's exactly right. Tom Campbell also says, follow the herd for the first three fifths of the season. Uh, that's wow. that's an interesting dividing line there, Tom. Yeah, I, I the thing is, do you know what the herd is? The first I would actually argue that you want to follow the herd from like the second third, like in the the middle third of the, the middle three fifths of the season, right? Like I, I think the first eight weeks, I think there's a real chance to get ahead of some people. Yeah, that, that, uh, was, that's an interesting question. An interesting in, that's an interesting poll question for the audience of what portion of the season are you best served following the herd? Because yeah, yeah, I think, yeah. Let's post that on. We'll post that on Twitter. Um, yeah, because I think you know we talked about this actually a little bit on last week's podcast, but you know a a differential pick is only a differential pick for for like a couple of weeks, right? Either they do well and then they become a bandwagon and everybody is on them or they do poorly and then it's just a bad pick right yeah. so it's yeah. like there's you know so the chance to have a differential it doesn't last very long you know it's you sort of have this win and so these early game weeks are the time when i mean like you know bobby reed i just feel like is like practically locked into my team right now um because i like cardiff's early fixtures and i just don't think he's gonna be very highly owned um, he's 5.5 million, so I don't feel the need to play him every week. You know, I can sort of rotate Your rent is just with, too expensive for you? The rent is too much. Um, and so, but that is my, that's my like sort of differential at the margins, right? But I'm not doing a differential with like, I'm going to have Mo Salah, right? And I'm going to have a Man City midfielder. And I'm going to have the kind of players who I just expect to score a lot of points. You know, it's not about following the I mean, it's, it's kind of about following the herd, I guess, because their ownership level is so high that, if you don't have those players and they score, it's really going to hurt you. You know, I mean, you, okay. could, you could be looking down the barrel of if you're in a competitive mini league and you don't have Mo Salah and Mo Salah scores like a hat trick the first game week of the season, you're going to be like season's 30 over. points. The season's over. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, kind of, you know, I mean, I don't want to be, be too extreme, but it, it it's going to be hard. Yeah. Um, yeah. I knew we were going to have to talk about Mo Salah in sure. this section at some point. So I'm glad you brought it up. Uh, Danny Bean says, remember, it is a game and you are supposed to have fun. If your fun is a spreadsheet and endless research, that's cool. But if it isn't and you want to just pick a team of players you like from your gut, don't feel inferior. So uh, we know Danny. We've met him a few times at the Black Horse. And he I, I think he definitely plays the game in a very jubilant joyous way and he's all just got his green card yeah so welcome to uh, welcome to america also didn't danny bean win six hundred dollars on a goal last year yeah Yeah, some some bet on swansea right it was a it was (laughs) alfie mawson being a one one nil and alfie mawson to score and he won 600 pounds yeah i think it was the only gore score in a one nil win over somebody it couldn't have been man city was it it was liverpool it was somebody it was somebody pretty good yeah. So I think Danny is speaking to uh, play your own game, but uh, be willing to face the consequences. So um, playing it your own way, just having fun like Danny does, you do have to have the stomach. And I think Danny does to to just be OK when you have a, a really crap game week. Yeah, he, he'll be spending that Alfie Massa money for years. So he's <laughs> he's fine. <laughs> Uh, JM says, don't be afraid to follow the crowd. I've refused to jump on certain bandwagons and fell behind in league tables just because the other players have the same players and I try to be different. 
Okay, here, you know, it's interesting. I, I totally agree with JM's point here. I almost wonder if the, like, language of, like, don't be afraid is, like, what people, even someone like me can, like, even someone like me, but, like, someone like someone like me can kind of, like, reject, which is, like, yeah. I'm not, it's not about being afraid. It's about being different, you know? But yeah. to me, it's more like, don't be, af- like, embrace the players who are good, you know? Yeah. So it's like, it's, like right. it's almost like you want to couch it in a different language to make it acceptable. So- Totally, totally. So we've got the first point here from Magnus that says, he, he says, pick the players who are most likely to score points. And then you've got the other side of the argument where JM is saying, don't be afraid to follow the crowd. So we have uh, terms that come up all the time in FPL chatter. You've got template, um, bandwagon, and and things like that where, where it's... Um, derogatory. It's, yeah, derogatory terms for things that are just... Um, good decent fun ways to play the game in, in terms of scoring <laughs> right. points so i mean may, maybe the answer probably for the for the really gifted managers lies somewhere in between but i agree i think a lot of the rhetoric around this doesn't help the argument yeah i, I exactly i think the i think the rhetoric i know i said exactly which is the word i use when i'm not listening but i was listening uh i i do agree with that i just said it perfectly <laughs> you said it perfectly all right, let's move on to bullet number three. Uh, are you being too stubborn? Don't be. Yeah, I guess this, this kind of uh, goes hand in hand with what we were talking about before. Ben Akee will start us off. Leave your biases at uh, leave your biases about the sport and players at the door. Fantasy and in real life football are totally different animals. Be open to new ideas. Listen to people smarter than you. Then make the best decision you can live with and accept the consequences. So, um, I have an anecdote here, Brandon, about this. Yeah, actually. go for it. Yeah. So Ben Key is, uh, is actually a, a player who's, who's in our mini league. He's also on a bunch of different forums online. Including oh, this, it's this that Ben Key. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's, it's Ben Madison who, uh, we both, we both know. <laughs> Hello, uh, Ben. So the story about him is that Ben, I think it was either the first or second year that he joined our league. Uh, he won the league by like 200 points. He was like, he, he had like a, I think it was like a top, I think he finished in the top 1000. just a really fantastic season. And, um, at the end of the season, there's this Facebook forum that we're all on. And there was a guy on there who had been posting, uh, data all year. And it was like, here are my projections, my midfielder projections for the next few game weeks and forward projections. And at the end of the season, he just posted like a little thank you to him on there. And he said, your tables were essential this year. You know, and I was like, wow, like I, I was like, I've seen them posted. I, I didn't, <laughs> I, didn't I, was like, I, I didn't, I didn't know how to interpret that. I didn't know, like I should, I didn't know I should be using these. Um, and it was this like, eye opening moment where it was like, it wasn't about the, t- I mean, the tables were useful for sure, but it was, it was about, there were people out there who were just giving away free advice. And, you know, if you want to be good, you should probably just accept that there are people who under, like, who are at least following some facet of the game better than you, right? I mean, yeah, like, even right. if I feel confident myself as a manager, it's not like I'm an expert on, you know, the promoted teams or something like that, you know, or like, you know, any any number of things, right? I mean, like set well, piece takers, call- you know, uh, you know, in mid-table squads or something like that. Call it the Patrick Van Anhalt question for me. I, I loathe watching him play. I, I do not <laughs> care for him. Perhaps it's a controversial opinion, but uh, controversial. Yeah, he had a legendary game week 38. And um, I think I missed my overall 
finished target because I was so stubborn about PVA. So let yeah. that be a lesson to me. I think in Pottery Trust puts it pretty well. He says, periodically self-reflect to determine whether or not you're just being stubborn about F- players' FPL qualities. Why are you refusing to bring in the top score? Why are you keeping a defender with the most own goals in the league? Shout out to Dunk. Are <laughs> things really going to dramatically change? Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's... Very solid advice. Uh, Mel says, uh, be conservative while choosing who to captain. Uh, have fun with differentials elsewhere in your team. So uh, this sort of goes in with the um, with the previous point, too. It's just, yeah, be, I, I can be stubborn a little bit with my captain, too. Um, I had a moment last year, I remember, where I didn't captain Harry Kane. I, I Okay, I have a dumb thing that I do sometimes where I, I don't like to captain, and this is so... Like I know the manager's going to like sneer when I say this, but I really don't like captaining a player if they have the first kickoff of the game. Yeah, um, I, think a lot, I think a number of people feel that way. Yeah, it's certainly, if it's like it doesn't a, go well, then it sours the rest of your game. <laughs> exactly. My theory is basically my day will be ruined if they if they don't do well. Uh, and I just it's like it just it but it like it skews things way too much. And there are way too many times when great players have early morning batches and they do great. I mean, I think this happened with Salah a number of times this season. And um, yep. yeah, so I think, uh, yeah, so I, I don't know if that's exactly what Mel is saying, but I, I do think that I can be a little, um, I can be a little stubborn about like the way that I captain players sometimes. Uh, yeah, I have another issue with captaincy. I think that it's it's right generally. I don't, I don't want us to come off as like preaching conservatism is, is the way to play the game. But sure. um, cap, captaincy uh i agree that being conservative with the armband and playing around in the margins is is a better strategy especially early on one regret i had last season was i had an opportunity to captain abamyang um during a double game week and i think it was it was in the last double of last season in which he came away i think with three or four goals you even advised me to captain him on the podcast i was in a position where i needed to make up ground so there, there will be points in your mini leagues or if you're chasing a rank where doing the differential armband is going to really make sense. You just have to sort of know right. when those moments are. Yeah, it's I really fight it personally. Um, I mean, you know, when I there is a part of me that just, you know, it's yeah. I mean, it's like there's like a part of you that's like, well, I have like this like eight of my players, the same players I had last season. Um, it's like a it's like. Yeah, the FPL game is just a different – it's different than other games you've played before. <laughs> and the rules are a little bit different, you know. And uh, I don't know. It's like it's it's not – it's not just about like being different, you know. I mean it, it, like if, if you just want to be different I, – I guess that's kind of – it actually goes back to point number two. It's like if you just want – if you want to be different, that's great and have fun. But don't be surprised if it hurts you. Yeah, right. You know, right. like don't be surprised if it comes back to really affect your your overall, you know, rank or your, you know, how you're doing your mini league. Yeah. Last bullet here for tip number three. Timmy Two Tone says, if you've started the season well, forget about differentials. Everyone ends up with about 50% overlapping squads. The key is to get there first. So this is the point you were making earlier, Josh, about how a differential is really only a differential for a couple of weeks because if they keep hitting, then everyone's going to jump, jump on right. them. So yeah, you just, you kind of have to get lucky. This has been a tip in previous seasons for us that luck in FPL is not a bug. It's a feature. 
you're right. gonna have to get lucky to have one of one of your best finishes. So yeah. embrace that. And and if you do get lucky, uh, don't freak out and start tearing your team apart to try and continue right. getting that differential. It's like it's like the World Series of Poker. You know, I mean, the World Series of Poker they have you know five to seven thousand players, and even 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 at that lower number, it's still virtually impossible for the best players to make the final table. You know, the FPL game is going to have five to seven million players, you know. So, I mean, you know, you have to sort of take that, you know, I don't know, take take how you're doing with a grain of salt, you know, and and understand that it's it's going to be really hard to have a, a like top 10 or top 100 season or even top thousand. Right. It's just those yeah. are like a lot of things have to break your way for it to, for it to happen. Yeah. All right. Tip All right. number four, Josh. Tip number four says set that bus team and take a screenshot. So for the uninitiated, always cheating listener, a bus team is what, Josh? Bus team is basically a, a team you set uh, as soon as the game week starts, the next game week starts. You, you pop in there even before, you know, you really start to get any points for your players. You pop in and you set your team for the next game week. Brandon, that's in case you get hit by a bus or go into a coma. You want to have that team. Let's say that you like break both your arms and you can't change your team the next day. This, this happens to a lot of FPL. We we get calls and emails all the time from FPL managers who broke both their arms. They're using their, their speakerphone, of course. <laughs> Siri, so, call always cheating. So sort of a sort of a two pointer here, and the reason so the the reason to set the bus team is 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 for one just just in case anything bad happens. Um, it's also super important when uh, the holiday fixtures roll around, and it's often very difficult to remember when <laughs> any the, when the next match is right. Like, yeah, eggnog will go a long way during the holiday yeah. uh, fixture pileup. Yeah, I mean, there are times in the match. Like, uh, I'm talking about East Coast time here, but there there are times when a match, like a game week over Christmas, will end at like five o'clock on a Tuesday. And the next game week starts at, you know, 730 the next Wednesday morning. You know, basically, like if you wait till that game week's over, you've only got like whatever it is, 14 hours to set your team. So, um, yeah, I would be very – so that's, that's one reason to do it. I actually think the other, other reason to do it is – and I suggest actually taking a screenshot um, because a lot of – like so there's always this like thing about like waiting until the end of the week – um, you know, don't make your transfer until the end of the week. Don't, you know, don't make any decisions until the Champions League matches are played. And I think that's all true. Um, but most in most cases, you actually aren't going to have a major injury. You're not even you're not going to have a pressing transfer to make. Um, but what you are going to do is read a bunch of stuff online that gets you to <laughs> like convince yourself that the the team you have and the formation you have is not good enough. It's you fake know? news. Like, it's, yeah, exactly. They're like, you need to make some dramatic changes to your team. And I think it's important to just remember, okay, here's the team that I have. I actually like this team. You know, it's like, this team is actually good. I don't know why I got it in my head that I need to do like everything I can to bring in, you know, Alexander Sorloth or something like that. Mm-hmm. Totally. Uh, so we got a few comments just based on uh, the bus team theory. FPL Ant agrees with us. Set that bus team. Also, just a side note from Ant. Um, if you make the always cheating Super League top 10, and uh, this is a top 10 that we read aloud on every week's podcast, and yeah. suggests you change your team name to a tongue twister or something rude or both. So Ant is just <laughs> nodding to the fact that Josh yeah. and I can't pronounce anything on this podcast. So thanks for that, Ant. Andy, <laughs> Andy Brumby also says, don't leave it till the last hour before the deadline to finalize your game week. 
one team FPL site meltdown. Uh, pro tip right there. Yeah, um, especially with the season starting on a Friday this year. Totally. Yeah. Um, and uh, last point, Lego Mane. Pay attention to your instincts. It hurts when you ignore them and you were on the money. So uh, you were kind of alluding to this, and I think it's important to underscore with the bus team is it's all about um, – remembering what your gut instinct was before you are infiltrated by all of the the online community stuff um often you'll you'll just instinctively know what the right move is uh, and like you're saying maybe yeah. fixtures and all this can factor into it but do do pay mind to your gut feeling yeah and exactly and and it ties in with the um the patient's bullet point that we talked about at the at the start of this list you know like just bear in mind that you you're probably like if you're listening to this podcast you're probably someone who takes the game pretty seriously you probably put a lot of thought into your team um you probably don't need to make radical transfers in most game weeks every obviously we all have i would say there's one one game week per season for everybody where everything goes catastrophically wrong right like i can remember the one for me last year like it was like I was there right now. If you like, literally, I can like, I like shoot back there in a second and like, I like, can see myself trying to figure out what the hell to do. It's like that um, scene in Ratatouille yeah. where the guy uh, takes the bite of the Ratatouille and he t- is transported back to his childhood. It was. It was a Proustian flashback uh, that I just had in the, in the middle of this podcast. Um, so yeah, I think uh, that's that's all we need to say about that one. Uh, number five is don't forget about your defense. Uh, starts off with a, with a question with a note here from Hannah who says, "Don't forget about your defense." Uh, says it's tempting to splurge in attackers and have a defense filled with four, four and four point five million guys, but your defense keeps you afloat during game weeks when your attackers aren't firing. An extra of 0.5 million or one million goes much further in your back line than elsewhere. Yeah, and I, I do think that the the buzz is building about. So last season was the season of David De Gea, and we finally broke through from the, well, you just rotate two 4.5 million goalkeepers to, why don't I actually just have a good goalkeeper who's going to win the Golden Glove? I guess that would be pretty cool. If you look at the top right. five defenders from last season, um, they uh, the top four cost six point five million, and the and the fifth one, Ben Davies, at six point zero. Aspi, right. Alonso, Otamendi, Valencia, all six point five. So yeah, you, you can stomach that when you know you're going to have the top defenders in the game. Yep, I think that's. I, you know, it's, okay, so one thing I've I, I mean, the, the, like you said, it's, it's definitely become the the theme this off season as you know putting more money in your defense. A, a lot of people are talking about five at the back. Um, which is still a little rich for me. It's still a little hard for me to quite commit myself to it. I guess I'm just too, I'm too old and conservative now, Brandon. Um, oh, uh, well, let me just interject. I actually personally believe mm-hmm. that the whole big defense thing is probably going to blow up in everyone's faces <laughs> at the start of the season. That's I just a prediction. I kind of think so too. Um, I feel like clean sheets are kind of dead, but uh, I guess if I guess if you're there, t- the problem is you know, uh, sorry is not going to be FPL gold for for people like Marcus Alonso. I don't think he's going to be getting the goals that he used to get before. I mean, Aspilicueta should be fine, but um, yeah, they like the day of Moses and Alonso just firing him in is is kind of gone. I think, but anyway, that's that's a that's a different discussion. We'll we'll, we'll talk more about that in the lead up to the to the season. Um, 
I think, however, that it, it's important to at least have plain defenders. And you know, one thing I was thinking about is uh, how many times a year you have to you end up having a either having to field like ten out of eleven players because you know this happens a lot in the winter where just the things kind of go wrong. Like especially with <laughs> it's especially a hard, with it's War. a harsh season. And for all the the kind of like the way we all roll our eyes about Pep's rotation, it, it is like a real thing that can definitely affect you, right? And so yeah. it is not, and, and, and he doesn't announce the moves in advance, right? So yeah. there are definitely times when you can just go into a game week and boom, like two players are just straight up not playing, right? Um, you know, like just that Pep, they just didn't even make the eighteen for Man City. Yeah, and, and it's a, um, particularly with defense, it's really harsh right. with like the most. Um, desirable defenders on spurs are the are the wingbacks and right. that's where pochettino rotates a ton right so two two players don't play uh one player comes down with an injury the day before the match uh, and suddenly you've got to go three into your bench and um you know this happens a fair amount or you just or you just you know you have to uh, because you have a an unreliable fifth defender you end up having to you can't rotate them at all and you have to play someone like Charlie Daniels like I did a million times last year because uh, he kind of got stuck in my squad you know it was one of those mm-hmm. players you bring in and then you just always have a more pressing issue yep. and so I feel like I was getting one pointers from him you know week in and week out and I ended up finishing out of the money in our mini league by I think like 12 points or something like that and you know it was it was basically that it was all Charlie Daniels one pointers. If I had just had a better defender, yeah. uh, you know, I would have finished in the money. And you know, it's just over the like it never feels like a lot in this in this in the scope of one game week. But when you when you extrapolate over thirty eight weeks, <laughs> I mean, obviously you're not gonna that's not gonna it, not every week are you gonna have to go under your bench like that. But often enough, you know, and yeah. I, I really think that it can even just even just. Not having that four million non-playing defender could be the difference between finishing the money or not finishing the money in your old man. Yeah, I, I guess a way to frame it is um, there is room in your defense for two kinds of defenders. You, you immediately have to target the best premium defenders because you have room for at right. least one of them, maybe maybe two. Um, but your bigger job is to identify the teams lower down the table, the Brightons and the Burnleys that will be able to offer you 4.5 guys that are going to get between 10 and 15 clean sheets for you this season. And then you just right. ride them. That's why Dunk and Duffy, just despite Dunk scoring four own goals last season, those guys started every single match and right. you, you had the hope of getting a clean sheet when they played. Yeah, exactly. And like a little bit of goal threat, you know, I mean, uh-huh. granted dunk skills mostly went in the wrong net, but it was still, it was still yeah, goal yeah. threat, Brandon. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, and I actually, despite you and I both being maybe not totally on the five at the back thing, it's not that I'm opposed to spending money in the defense or I actually, I'm, my goal this year is to, is to invest more in the defense. I think that I've been neglecting it a little bit, a little bit, a little bit, and I don't think I have been spending enough money on top tier defenders. Um, and I think it's cost me some points the last couple of seasons. So I am probably going to have at least one, if not two, six million plus defenders this year to start the season, which is something I often don't have, right? I yeah. My goal is often to get the cheapest defender in a good defense. So, yeah. you know, I end up bringing in James Tompkins. Whatever. I don't know. James Tompkins. Or even, but even that's like that, he, you know, that that defense is just mediocre. I mean, like, um, take I'll take a risk on, you know, I had Danilo at the start of last season mm-hmm. for Man City, you know, mm-hmm. and he was $5 million to start the season. I knew he wasn't going to be playing for long, but Ben, ben Mendy was out. Um, I think they missed maybe the first two weeks of last season. And so I was like, oh, I'll just bring him in. And then 
and then I'll I'll deal with that problem in game week two or three. And it was like it just locked me in in this really annoying way where it was like, well, like, and of course, as soon as Mendy was back, I mean, I know Mendy got injured a few weeks later, but as soon as Mendy was back, Danilo was back on the bench and I had to move him immediately, you know, and it was just like it just locked me into a into an annoying transfer that I wouldn't have had to make, other, made a, make yeah. otherwise if I just invested more at the start. Yeah. David Rowe here has the last word. He agrees. Have a playing bench. It's it's really good advice. All right. Let's take a quick break. And we have five more tips to get through. Uh, so we'll be right back. All right. Same old podcast, All right, Brandon, before we get into uh Bullet points. I keep calling them bullet points. Before we get into uh, tips six through ten, uh, a brief Patreon update. Um, first, I'll note that we have a new Patreon exclusive podcast with FPL Stag. Uh, you may know him and and love him uh, from real life if you have a chance to meet him because he's a great guy. Uh, I'm making the Gareth in- Bale heart uh, symbol with my <laughs> hand right now into the microphone. Yeah, we're both we're both big fans. Um, you may know him from uh, from Roto World, uh, where he is a uh, I think he writes a it's a weekly column at least weekly, uh, and he is one of the absolute most essential. Uh, followers on uh, follows on Twitter. Um, so uh, we had him on and uh, it's a great podcast. Um, it's a Patreon exclusive. Uh, so go listen to that. We kind of preview, um, I'd say we preview maybe the opening several game weeks of the season. And we talk about, um, we also compare Sari's management style with, uh, uh, with Unai Emery, which is a really interesting discussion. And I, I learned a lot from that conversation. Um, but uh, before we get into uh, the second half of the podcast, I did want to thank uh, some of our new and upgraded patrons. Um, as as most of you know, we have changed our – we've actually just rolled out a bunch of new Patreon features for the 2018-19 season. Uh, one thing we've rolled out is we have a draft league this year at a certain pledge level. Uh, and uh, that draft, I think it's set now for – we're looking at August 4th. So mm-hmm. uh, make sure you sign up before then if you want to take part. Uh, we have T-shirts this year. We have a – uh, we have a, a survivor league that we're going to roll out this fall. We've done that in the previous years. It's a, it's like a knockout style league. And basically everyone who pledges at $3 or above gets into that survivor league. Um, you also get access to our Slack at $3 or above. Um, and, uh, we also have a producer tier where you can pick a topic for a Patreon podcast. Um, and, uh, lots of other cool stuff. We have buttons, um, yeah. we have a head to head league, lots of good stuff. The Slack is going really nuts right now with a new Rate My Team channel that we set up, which is really great. I mean, as we were talking about, this is the time of the preseason where you need a new Rate My Team pretty much every day. So that's a, <laughs> yeah. it's a good way to, to uh, use the Slack channel there. For more information, if you just want to do some window shopping and see what's available, go to patreon.com slash always cheating. You can see the various tiers of support. Before we get any further, let's just uh, say some quick thank yous to our new pledges since we last podcast. Josh, I'll run through these names real quick. At the producer level, uh, big time Charlie's here. We've got Rafe Khan, Chris Howell, and Carl Rasmus Lean Granley. Uh, thanks for your support there. Jeff Petter and Jordan Elmer coming in as well with support. Greg Morrison, Kevin Morrison, Simon Judge, Christian Carter, Ryan Carroll, William Syme. And Sean Schicker also getting a mention. And uh, just more shout-outs. Josh, you run through this list of, of shout-outs. New <laughs> Patreon. I, I'm tired. I need to lay down. No, I, I understand. It's uh, We have a lot, yeah, a lot of new patrons just, just in the last week. Um, so the final tier is the uh, MB County tier. Uh, personal thank you to Bruce Kerr, Alex Berger, Corey Cummings, Brian Chin, Richard Prangle, Zoltan Vago, Alan Chung, Mr. Alan Potter, Michael Unwin, Anthony O'Shea, a.k.a. FPL Stag, 
Peter Geiger, Eddie, and James Burkett. That is all since the last podcast came out. Thank you so much to all of our patrons. Uh, that is a sincere thank you. It really is awesome. And and uh, hopefully you feel like you get a lot of uh, great features for, for supporting the podcast too. Bravo. Cool. Let's take another quick break. Come back and start with uh, tip number six. All right. Same old podcast, always shady. Brian, we're back. Tip number six, avoid the common player traps, defensive mids, mids who play in defense, cheap players on top sides who just won't play that much. Uh, first uh, note here comes from Vinyl Richie, who Vinyl Richie like is worth like being on the always, always cheap Patreon Slack alone for. That guy is like, I don't even think I don't think I've ever even said this to him, but I just like I hang on his word. I just think like everything he writes is very smart. Uh he uh, so Richard Nyquist is is his name. Uh, one tip that is so that is so obvious to F, season FPL managers that is often forgotten. But looking at World Cup manager and ownership this year, it should be highlighted. Defensive midfielders like Conte, Modic, Xhaka, etc., really have no place in your FPL team. Yeah, it's so desirable. You look at top four, top six teams, and guys like Conte, Matic, and Jaka become very um, sexy, particularly to uh, newbie FPL managers who have their heart right. is in the right place. These are great teams. These are integral players to the their teams, but it just can't be said enough. They do not score FPL points, so you sadly just have to get rid of them. Right. We have talked on numerous podcasts over the years about – you know, redefining the FPL bonus point systems so that these players get rewarded more. But um, yeah, I mean, Eric Dyer, you could throw him in there too, right? Like everybody, everybody loves Eric Dyer. Yeah. You know, he like occasionally takes a very bad free kick. Um, he occasionally you know, gets a, a yellow couple, card. Occasionally gets a yellow card. When he was, you know, he was classified as defender. It was great. And yeah, uh, yeah as a midfielder, you just, you really just can't have him. He's too expensive. And yeah, you know, they're, they're never 4.5 as part of the problem either. They're usually between five and 5.5. It's just a little too much for a player who, who just won't score. Yeah. And, and other players to avoid, you were, you mentioned Danilo. There are all these other players that exist on the fringes of top teams. And you think Danilo, uh, it turns out that that he's more of a bench player for Pep um, or Gundogan. He's he's one that could really go either way. But even though we might recommend him or other people might recommend him for game week one this season, he's still one that you want to flag for caution at five. Yeah, I just think, yeah, I, I kind of like the idea of having uh, Gundogan, but I, I feel like it's like, it's like, know what you're doing. If you bring in, Gundogan. <laughs> you know, like, no, it's know like what operating you're heavy machinery. Yeah, exactly. Like, don't. Yeah, if you're a first year manager, just don't have him. Okay, it's just it's not safe. Um, but you know, if if you're experienced and you know what you're getting with him, which you might get 18 minutes two weeks in a row, like then then okay, fine. Um, but it's it's like a I, I I keep making these poker analogies, but like there are like certain hands you just shouldn't play if yeah. you're if you're not really good at poker because uh-huh. they're just going to get you into trouble. And I feel like, you know, it's like if you if you can't it's like you know, if you can't fold aces, you know, in a three-way pot then like, you know, you just you you have to be able to like lay down like you need to be able to not start Gundawan if he's in your squad, you know? Yeah. Um and like keep him on the bench. And I don't think that I think that's a very hard thing to resist if you're a rookie FPL manager because you're almost like, well, one player is 4.5 or 5, and this guy is more expensive, and he plays yeah. in Man City, so I should be starting him. Yeah. Um, Th- so, yeah. Thomas Velling makes the interesting point of the they're cheap for a reason argument. And I don't know where you're, you're kind of a cheap person, Josh. I've known you for a long time. I know, I know, I'm, I know this. I about think you. my reputation for cheap cheapness stretches. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's like I'm still holding on to it, even though I'm less cheap than I used to be. But okay. But Thomas says uh, they're cheap for a reason, and um, sometimes you 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 try to go for the cut rate player just to squeeze them into your squad, and it goes back to the whole argument of just get the player that's going to score more points. Maybe you have to do a little team surgery to do it, but the whole they're cheap for a reason um, uh, f- phrase uh, does does hold some meaning. FPL yeah. Hescabo also says, don't chase last week's points. Just because someone got an 18-point haul as a one-off doesn't mean they need to come straight into your team. Yeah. So uh, I feel like, I, yeah, I feel like of of our like ten rules, this is the one that's that's most for rookie managers, you know, because in game week one, there's going to be someone who is priced at four point five million who was going to get like a goal, an assist, and a clean sheet or something, you know, like there's going to be like one guy on Fulham who like is replacing an injured player who gets eighteen points, right? And he's going to be the most transfer player going into game week. Two. Yeah, it's it's the James MacArthur syndrome, right? Uh, right. Uh, weirdest FPL midfielder for me in modern memory is <laughs> now at Crystal Palace. He's he's yeah. the one for the cheeky goal. You're like, huh? Yeah, it's like he's only four point three. Like maybe I should get him. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> All right, let's move on to rule number seven, which is understand the rules and stay informed about schedules, double game weeks, and so on. Brandon, I got another Vinyl Richie one here for you. Lay it on me, man. I'm hanging on this guy's every word. (laughs) Really dig deep into the rules of the game. What gives you points? How does the bonus point system work? And he says, and if anyone else, please find out and share share the joy with us. Uh, And he says, (laughs) and choose your team based on this. That that is the most intense thing that we have ever said on this podcast. So intense that we're saying if you really want to win at FPL, you have to know the rules of the game, <laughs> and you have to go so far as to understand the bonus point system. It, yeah, learning the bonus point system is not it, it's not it's not for the faint of heart for sure. <laughs> I, I think this it kind of ties in with the last one though too, which is that you know I mean you look at there are certain players like Pascal Gross, like Cesar Azpilicueta who are very involved in a match, right? And this is, I mean, it's, okay, so if Mo Salah didn't score such an insane number of goals, he would be a very frustrating FPL player, right? Because Mo Salah is not particularly involved in the game. He's involved in terms of his movement, and he forces defenses to do a lot of things to to account for him, but he is not on the ball the way that Eden Hazard and Pascal Gross and, and others are, you know? And so they don't get bonus points, and... You know, we were talking before about how those one or two, you know, getting one points from a defender in your bench versus two points can make a huge difference. You know, if you're consistently losing one to three points on bonus uh, because you have these kind of flashy players who aren't picking up easy points, like easy yeah. bonus points, then that can really come back to haunt you. Yeah, KDB is, I think, an interesting player to watch if you want to get kind of an eye test version of how the bonus point system works. Watch KDB, and he'll get three or four tackles in the midfield throughout the course of a game. He uh, perhaps misplaces two to three passes per game, never gets taken off of the ball. And sure enough, the bonus points roll in whenever he produces anything. And um, I I think less than understanding the bonus point system in in sort of binary code, just having a sense of what actions are positive in the FPL game and which ones are negative for your players is actually really important when you're looking at what your game week transfer is going to be. 
Right. And it's not like it doesn't correlate into goals and assists as well. You know, I well, mean, if you're, if you're looking to, you know, if you're looking to bring in somebody, you, you want to be looking at how many bonus points they're occurring, you know, because the bonus points are, I mean, the system is just an accumulation of positive actions on the field. I mean, I guess yeah. it also includes punishments for, for things that I think shouldn't be punished, like shots off target. But regardless, it, it, you know, it's just an accumulation of, of actions on the field. So, uh, it is, you know, especially if you're if you're not if you don't want to pay a lot of money for, uh, I don't know, like a membership subscription to a FPL site or whatever. Even the, I, I actually think the bonus point system is a very reasonable way to have like a kind of shorthand about, you know, who's doing well in the game and who's really influencing it. Oh yeah, just imagine picking between one of two Burnley central defenders. The only uh, tiebreaker is who is getting who's accruing more bonus points, and that's pretty right. cut and dry. Uh, FPL King says, stay informed about players who uh, have yellows and what games are coming up next that they will be rested. The uh, yellow card uh, tightrope is an interesting one that can sneak up on a few people. Have you ever, Josh, transferred in a player only to then discover they were one yellow away from a suspension? (laughs) Yeah, this was. Do you remember when this happened? Like, actually, it's sort of the opposite thing happened, or something close to it happened a couple of years ago. Uh, where do you remember when Diego Costa was on fire? He, he was, was one yellow away from a suspension. Right. So and nobody so wanted all, to bring him in. <laughs> so we all waited weeks and weeks and weeks for him to get that fifth yellow. And meanwhile, he was knocking in like a goal or two, like every match. Yeah, uh-huh. um, doesn't really help our point here, but in general, it is it is a good it's a good rule. Uh, it, it was especially true of of players like defenders, or it was, where it can be really annoying, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, often especially if it's like a cheap defender, sometimes you're bringing that player in for their three match run. You know, like oh, okay, like you know, because like I feel like that's like the tinkering at the margins. It's the kind of thing you would do a lot during the course of a season, right? It's like. You know, you're, maybe your top guys, you're kind of, you're being patient, you're setting them, and you're just sort of working on those angles, you know, like, all right, I need a third defender for the next few weeks. I need a fourth midfielder, you know, and that's when it's really annoying to bring in someone who immediately goes up because of a yellow card suspension. Yeah, more more about knowing the game. Despacito Dan says, try to plan your transfers a few weeks in advance so you have an idea of price ranges you can afford without locking yourself out of that one big transfer. So the, I, I guess this is kind of a big idea point that Dan is making. Is it's it, You can think about your transfers weeks in advance. Things will probably change. But to yeah. think it weeks in advance gives you a better idea of just overall where your team is and where your weaknesses are, what your budget is for fixing those issues with your team. So even if, if that one transfer you target for a few weeks doesn't work out, it's still great to plan weeks in advance so you have that holistic view of your team. I, th- I think this is a thing that a lot of people find stressful or are just too busy with their regular lives or, or whatever uh, to do. But it is an absolute fact that many, if not most, of the best FPL managers are doing this, right? They are planning weeks in advance because it, it saves them on point hits. Uh, it allows them to to make those big, like make a big move, like Dan was talking about. It's very hard to make a big move for a player, like bring in a, you know, let's say that, let's say, I don't know. Let's say, you know, this actually happens like every year with Sergio Aguero, right? Where like Aguero goes down injured for <laughs> five weeks and yep. suddenly uh, he's back and they're about to play Newcastle. You know, Wat- Watford. Yeah, yeah, Newcastle or something like that. Um, and, you know, like, yeah, about to play Newcastle at home and you're like, well, I really want Aguero. Um, 
and he's 13 million and I'd have to make three moves to do it. So is it worth the minus <laughs> eight? You know, but if you're following, you know, the injury news or you have like, you know, I mean, usually in press conferences, they're, you know, they're reasonably accurate in terms of when they're going to come back or you, you find out when a player is back in training. Um, so you can kind of think, all right, if I can hold a transfer here or if I make this move, I, I know that I'll have, you know, I mean, like someone like uh, Nick Cummings, you know, who's a, a we mentioned him, the transfer hub for him earlier. He sort of created that for him. He is the kind of manager who will sometimes have like six point five million in his bank, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> just like like because he knows he's got this move later on and some funny it's money. It's like that. It's like that poker analogy earlier. Where it's like you have to be like it, you know you have to like be able to to hold on to that kind of money and not blow it. You know, like you can't like you built up this pot now. Like make sure you don't like spend it on something crummy. Yeah. A uh, quick sidebar. Why do managers do press conferences at all? Why do they tell know. the press the anything worthless. about what's going on? I mean, but they what, don't anymore either. But but even to say, oh, Aguero's back in training, wouldn't it be? Uh, this is this is like perhaps a trolly way to think about it. But wouldn't it be more advantageous if no one knew what was going on in your training and who was fit or who wasn't? And I, I don't think they want to. I, I think there's some kind of quid pro quo with the press. You know, I think the clubs require them to do it a little bit um, just because, I, you know, I don't know, because if people don't read articles, they don't follow the sport as closely. If people don't follow the sport as closely, they don't go to games. If they don't go to games, the managers don't make as much money. I don't know. Like, there's, I feel like there's some there's some reason why they do it, because I agree. Like, in general, like if I had a player who was injured or maybe injured, I would just not say anything or I'd lie. You know? right. this, this is actually a good segue into uh, point eight, which is sort of like, why isn't there a spotlight type movie about uh, the Premier League focusing on right. some hard cutting uh, investigative journalism? So uh, point eight, uh, your tip eight for FPL success, read non FPL sources. As you note here, Josh, there are actual embedded journalists with info that even the best FPL managers and thinkers have access have access to use it um you're thinking about um local papers in in liverpool in the various areas of london that are focusing on specific teams journalists who are embedded who know exactly what what the issues are the injury issues are with um those players that could actually help your fpl squad yeah, exactly. We have, you know, there are people on self-styled injury experts and stuff like that. But, you know, I think in general, it's really like if you want to find out what's going on at Huddersfield or Burnley or what, you know, like at a bigger club, I think the, the information does leak out to a, to a greater degree. Um, but I think that, you know, if you want to find out who's in, like if someone's back from injury or what the formation of a team is going to look like, you're much better off reading the local paper. Um, because, or at least, at least reading that as like a second opinion, you know, because they often have people who are actually, you know, on, on the field that day or like had a conversation with the manager behind closed doors, you know, like just, they're not just blindly speculating they're actually basing it on some, some real information. So, um, yeah, I just think that, um, I, I, you know, part of this is because I think it's useful to make you a better manager. Part of it, I think is just that it makes the game more fun and, um, like I read the guardians football coverage every single day. I read like basically everything they write. Um, like, you know, just cause I like the writing and I enjoy it. And I like that. I, I like that. I'm not totally tethered to looking at the game from a fantasy perspective. You yeah, know, I right. like, I just make, I, I like, I don't know. I like, I guess I, I never want to go so far down the road as much as I love fantasy. I mean, we're four years into this podcast now. 
um, I never want to lose the like kind of the fun of just watching the sport and enjoying it too. Oh yeah, and you you can't underline that enough to um, just consume strictly FPL information. It's still it's still so much fun just to watch the games, but don't lose sight of all the great conversation revolving around football uh, that yeah. is outside of FPL. I have like it's kind of fun as as an Arsenal supporter um, who's been like really beaten down the last few years. Like I joined the like I became an Arsenal supporter at, like the worst time basically, um, you know back in 2010 I guess. And, sure, the um, right right when Van Persie was on his way out the door and Fabregas and <laughs> they were selling everybody. Yeah. And, yeah, exactly. I got a couple of Van Persie years, but you know it was all a lot of fourth place finishes and. Uh, but now it's like, I am like, just as a fan, really excited about the season. Cause it's just like, I don't know what's going to happen. You know, like what's, I, who knows? I mean, Unai Emery won three back to back to back Europa leagues, you know, with, with Sevilla. And, yeah. um, I mean, he took, you know, PSG to the champions league quarterfinals, which I know is disappointing for some people, man, like Arsenal would have killed for that. You know, I mean, I know yeah. they don't have Neymar, but, um, you know, it's just like, it's really exciting. And they brought in all of these new players, all of whom, you know, it's just, it's a very interesting mix of player. I mean, this has nothing to do with fantasy, but just as an aside, it's, it's fun to have this sort of, maybe this is like less for people. Like I know like a lot of our UK fans like have a club they really support, but I think as an American, there is a little distance there, you know, and it's, yeah. it's kind of easy for the FPL to just completely take over. Mm-hmm. So, um, I mean, you must be feeling this as a Fulham fan right now too. Right? Uh, yeah. And, and following Fulham as an, in, in America, it, various Facebook groups that are for Fulham U.S. fans. And it's all basically a game of telephone. Like, oh, what are you hearing from uh, who you know who's a season ticket holder? And what, how did the news make its way over the Atlantic to us? And it's it's having a conversation about another conversation that's happening. And, um, yeah, smaller, you know, mid-tier clubs like the likes of Fulham, it's, it's really difficult to feel like you're a part of – the club when you live so far away. So the, the, yeah, the more access you have to that, um, uh, that experience. Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. The better. All right. Uh, tip number nine is remember even the best FPL assets don't score every week. This is more of a psychology one, but this is like, I, it is very hard to handle any game week where you get a blank from your captain. Right. Like maybe, you know, yeah, it's just, it's just, I am like an adult with, I'm married. I have a kid. Like I like live a full and happy life most of the time, but man, do I get really royally pissed off when my captain doesn't (laughs) score. And it's like, I just can't, it's like a hard thing to hold on to. Like just, they, they just don't, even Mo Salah does not score every game week. Sure. One of those things you got to keep in mind. That was really the most insane thing about Mo Salah is he effectively did score every game week, but, (laughs) and and that's how I kind of don't even remember the game weeks in which he didn't score because he was so remarkable for that. But, um, if you look at Harry Kane is, is a great example of this from last season is he was far and away the top point getter in terms of forwards. And he was out for long stretches. He had long dry spells, but he's still the type of asset that is going to uh, grow your lead by leaps and bounds in your mini league if you have him when he's fit and firing. So yeah, uh, if if exactly. you if if he's fit and he scores a hat trick, then he blanks uh, and blanks again. The hat, another another brace or goal is just around the corner for big players like yeah. that. 
it's almost a reason like it's one of the like upsides of of not being different like you know it's like if you if you have like let's say you captain Mosile on game week one as, as many of us do well um if he blanks in game week one like that's gonna be annoying but it's gonna be you and like 30 percent of fpl managers you know so it's it, it lessens the blow a little bit or it's just maybe it's maybe it's just something to keep in mind you know like it's not like you know, it's impacting a lot of people and not just, not just you. Yeah. A caveat here, I guess, is particularly early in the season, you have to be watching for wild price fluctuations and you don't want to just sit on a player who has a couple of, uh, I don't see this happening with Mo Salah, but another player of that ilk where he's has a couple of blanks and his price just starts plummeting. You might want to have a few second thoughts there. Yeah. Well, I guess there's, yeah, you have to, yeah, exactly. It's a, you have to be a little careful with who you're like rock solid. I'm not going to move them in the face of anything FPL. maybe like that's only like two or three people total. Um, yeah. FPL Classico says, um, having done this mistake the last two seasons, I write it here as a reminder for myself as well. He says, avoid knee jerky hits. He says, at the start of the season, we have the luxury to build a team that mainly has good fixtures. Uh, even if that goes bad in the first game weeks, take it easy. Yeah. I guess we should reflect from this back on what we were saying earlier about not being too stubborn or proud and the ability that if you knee-jerk to play her out, uh, I guess it's not knee-jerk to bring that back in, but to correct that knee-jerking mistake. That's uh, kind of the the um, other piece of this argument. Our final tip uh, is uh, more of a lighter one, I guess. It's do everything you can to make your personal mini leagues fun. Uh, Eric Freeman says, play the fantasy game in whatever way helps you enjoy the real games. Don't let your overall rank make or break your enthusiasm for football. I will take this tip from Eric any day of the week, because uh, if you know Eric on social media, he is the greatest poster of FPL related gifts that I have seen in a long time. So <laughs> yeah. if, if all you're doing is just sharing gifts to make your mini league more fun. Great. <laughs> it yeah that's actually yeah it's true like even if you're just actively talking with other managers in your league it, it can be okay the worst thing is if you're like eighth in a let's say you're eighth in a 20 person league and no one's even talking to anybody like that's when you just give up or, or maybe you don't give up but it's hard not to resist giving up because you're just like yeah. what am i playing for and so yeah. you know one thing we we did you know when we first started a league we actually introduced um head-to-head leagues um just because we felt like that gave everybody like a little extra weekly juice. So if you in, like, in addition mini- to a classic, yeah. you do a classic exactly. and a head head. Exactly. And we actually don't, you know, it's like a little, we all throw in some money, but it's, it's not even as much money for the, for the head to head, but it's just like a little extra, like every game week you've got someone you're playing against. And so, uh, I think that's, that's, you know, one suggestion. Not necessarily um, yeah. always about the carrot, Josh. Sometimes it's about the stick. Sure. We're going to talk to David Wardell <laughs> about his book, wasting the wild card. He has this great yeah. uh, chapter all about mini leagues and, um, punishments that you can dole out to people who finish uh worst in the mini league can also be entertaining um there is the story about a mini league where they have 20 players and there is a big season end curry dinner that they have at the end of the season the top 10 players eat for free and the bottom 10 players split the bill so there's there's a huge race greatest just finish top of the table right yeah there's a big race to finish in 10th place and it's it's that is exactly where you're sort of struggling with do i care or do i not care at the end of the season 
Yeah, I think that that's uh, one thing, um, you know, one thing, I guess just on the head to head thing, too, just because I, I really enjoy like you and I have a head to head that you and I that we just play every game week of the season, you know, sort of a running tally. And it ends up being extremely close, like basically every year. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, that that's fun. And you can actually start that at any game week. So if you're. If, if you feel like, you know, you're in a mini league and no one cares but you and one other guy, you can just start a breakaway head-to-head yeah. -head league that just starts in game week 12 or 13 or whatever. Um, so I, I recommend that. Or I maybe you have a, a, a new brother or sister-in-law that is into FPL that you just right. get introduced to halfway through the season. Set up yeah. a head-to-head -head league between the two of you. Great suggestion. Um, we also we do playoffs in our head to head, so that might be something to think about as well. Um, the we we started in the quarterfinals, so the top eight managers um, enter in the playoffs, and then we have quarterfinals, semifinals, finals. So uh, yeah, that can be fun. As yeah, well. and the fun fact there is the last two seasons we've done the playoffs. The winner of the playoffs has not been whoever was top the table when the playoffs started. So there's always right. uh, a win possible in it for someone who's lower down the table. Yeah. And we still have the classic league, so you still have the like sort of traditional There's way a, of there just, is justice meted out. That's true. <laughs> there's still justice, exactly. Uh, all right, those are our ten tips. That only took us well. It took about twenty five minutes or so. We're at like the twenty seven minute mark. Yeah. What are we going to talk yeah. about for the rest of our uh, fifty minute podcast? <laughs> <Our> normal hour. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, we had a quick lightning round here. I'm not even. I don't even think we should just discuss these. But I just I'm going to list out a few other listener submitted tips. That, oh, they're worth reading, um, Josh. Yeah, they didn't make the cut because uh, they're all excellent. Uh, Shivam uh, Thukrai says, don't buy Kane in August. Pro um, tip. It's doubly true, this, doubly true this year, but he's probably not going to play in August. Yep. Jeremiah Johnson with maybe my favorite tip says, avoid Tadich, even though he is gone from the league and so we're all a little bit safer, still avoid him. Yeah, never, yeah. <laughs> never buy into the hype, even when he's not <laughs> even playing in the Premier League. Clinical FPL says, form over fixtures, although I still make the same mistake over and over again. Uh, yeah, we said we aren't going to talk about this, but form versus fixtures is is a tricky one for debate. I guess that's one that we should <laughs> I take. I almost didn't. It's, I, it's actually why I didn't include it as a point, because I think it's so difficult to resolve that I, I that I, 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 it's not a tip really to me. It's just like one of those, it's like, it's like a ever evolving discussion, you know, it, it's it like, really it's like is. It's like goalkeeper rotation. Totally. And it's good for clinical to bring it up because it's always a discussion worth having form versus fixtures. Right. And finally, Brandon, one of the most important rules of all, one that we have, most of us have fallen prey to. I know that I have, I know that you have, uh -huh. uh, FPL Duke says, don't make transfers <laughs> when drunk. Yeah, I don't think I've ever made him a um I have never made a mistake. Like I've never done something I hmm. didn't intend to do. But the uh, fact right, is right. the fact is when you're drunk your intention is is a bit skewed. I your guess judgment is, is yeah. your judgment's apparent. <laughs> I've never done one of those like I for forgot to hit save team. Oh, I uh forgot yeah. to hit bench boost something. I've, I've never actually done that, but still um, it's, it's easy to zig when you should have zagged and uh, when it's late on Friday and you're trying to sort it yeah. out, uh, before the deadline. I did captain the wrong player last year once. That was pretty embarrassing. Oh, which Remember one was I captained? I think I captained, uh, I, I captained Lukaku and I thought that I captained Kane and they were playing at the same time and I hadn't logged into the site. And so I didn't realize until after the fixtures were over that, I had them both on my team, so it wasn't like a huge blow. But I, uh, 
Yeah, I think it cost me like seven points or something like that. It was very, very annoying. All right, uh, alcohol is bad. Stay away. Um, save, <laughs> save it for when we're when, save it for when you're actually uh, watching the games with your with your friends and loved right, ones. Right. Celebrate your transfers with drink. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's it's like the rule of thumb with salesmen. Don't don't have lunch with a salesman before the deal is done. Have lunch after the deal is done. Right. Right. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Uh, you can become a patron by going to patreon.com slash always cheating. Uh, we do have our standard producer thank yous, Brandon. Do you want to read those off? Absolutely. Thanks to our big time producers, Mike DiPietro, Stephen Toomey, Sam Streak, Jacob Roberts, Nick Costello, and welcome to the producer circle, Carl Rasmus Lean Granley. Uh, I'll get better at that one, Carl. We, we've got time. <laughs> Chris Howell and Rafai Khan. Also, I like that we have the I like that we have the phonetic spelling of Mike's name, and you still said it wrong. That's, Mike, that's pretty Mike Da Petro. <laughs> ah, Mike. All right, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like the Academy Awards in here. We've got phonetic spellings for all of the producer names. Uh, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, Acast, TuneIn, Pocket Cast, lots of other places as well. Uh, please subscribe to the podcast. And uh, if you're if you listening to iTunes, really anywhere, I mean, God, if you're on Stitcher and you want to leave us a review, that would be awesome. If you're on Acast and want to leave us a review, that would be so great. Um, it really helps us get in front of more people. And, um, you know, we, we don't do this as a full-time job, obviously. So, um, you know, really the fun of it for us is just making sure that we are, um, that people are listening to the podcast. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Hail Cheaters. That's H-A-I-L Cheaters. Uh, follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash always cheating. Uh, you can email us, hailcheaters at gmail.com. And if you've zoned out during all of that, just visit www.alwayscheating.com. Surf the World Wide Web for always <laughs> cheating and you'll find yeah. it. Yeah, exactly. All right, Brandon. Hail Poku. And Bakani forever. All right. See you next week. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. 
That's unifydhealing.com slash blue wire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.